Over the past few weeks, Radio New Zealand has traced the remarkable journey of the now legendary New Zealand band, the Lonesome Buckwhips. From their humble beginnings in a one-bedroom caravan to the pinnacle of popular music. When we make love, it feels amazing. Their album Live at the Gold Guitars has sold more than 17 million copies to date. And illegal downloading may account for three times that number. Yet the band now lives in penury. the final part of our multi-part series. We follow the band as they attempt to reunite and to seal their reputation as the vanguard of New Zealand music and culture. This is the story of... The Lonesome Buckwhips. What had begun as a police surveillance operation to catch Artie had turned into Live at the Gold Guitars the biggest-selling country music album of all time. Mary Buckwhip. But technically, Live at the Gold Guitars is proceeds of crime, so we didn't see a cent of it. We'd all moved on, though. Artie was in jail, Gary was in Afghanistan, and Benny was back to his old tricks. I was growing beans. That all changed. I was the only one who stayed the same. I started hosting my own daytime TV talk show. Now, Shakisha, he is not the boss of you. He, he's my employer. He's not the boss of you, Shakisha. Come on, say it. Uh, he's not the boss of me. Yeah! <laughs> and after the break, Murray's back to show you how to feed a family of eight with a bottle of Coke and a bucket of chicken. The TV show just wasn't really enough, you know. I, I missed Artie and some of the other things in my life. Excuse me for a sec. Sure, sure. An alien attack on the south coast of Argentina, number 31. Next number. Police dog gnawing on a bone, 64. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, I have developed my own unique style, you know, my own <coughs> spin on calling bingo. Rolling Stones album Mountain on a Barbecue, 89. And I mean, I've always loved gambling. It started as my way of giving back to the community, you know? And like I said, I was just passing time until Artie got out. Number 10. Some guy walks out of a bar, throws up, sleeps in the gutter. Number 10. But I still do it every day. Right. The flu virus, 41. So, how do you come up with the random phrases for the numbers? Oh, it's not random. See, every number either means something really mm -hmm. special to me, mm -hmm. or it looks like something. So, the number 41 looks like the flu virus? Uh, yep. How? Why does the colour red look red? Mm -hmm. It just does. Mm -hmm. A wheelbarrow full of otters, 88. So... What if I said 60? Mount Erebus disaster, 1979, mm. 257 people killed. Uh, 
the six and the zero look like a plane crashing into an icy mountain. 17 chimpanzees dressed up like people, 17. Mary was the most popular show on TV, arguably bigger than Jennifer Love Hewitt's Ghost Whisperer. Then came the news Mary, and indeed the world, was waiting for. This is Radio New Zealand News at five o'clock. I'm Catriona McLeod. Infamous country musician Artie Buckwhip has been released on parole. The stock exchange surged on Wall Street at news of Artie Buckwhip's release. The decision has sparked worldwide public celebrations as fans and supporters speculate on the possibility of another album for the band and in anticipation of a frenzied run on buying Buckwhip's memorabilia and copies of their most popular album, Live at the Gold Guitars. Under New Zealand's complex legal system, Artie Buckwhip was released after just 18 months of 16 consecutive life sentences. Yeah, there was a bit of controversy about it, but album sales had more than recompensed both the police and Artie's victims. And the public wanted the Buckwhips to reunite. So did I. Well, that's it, Artie. You're free to go. Thanks, Warden. I'll miss you. Oh, no, you won't. I'm still going to eat mac cheese every Tuesday. Oh, now, now you're just taking the mick. I am, I am. Oh, no, come, <laughs> come here, give us a hug. Come oh. Oh. Hey, hey, big boy. i got a surprise for you. <laughs> Hello. Mitty. <laughs> Go get a tiger. Oh. Hey, sis. Oh, I missed queer. I missed queer too. Oh, let's get home. Mm, yes, please. Minnie and I were tight as ever, but Benny was a tougher nut to crack. We went along to see him play with his side project, uh, Benny B and the Dog Shit Bitches. They packed out the course to be RSA. Turns out that Benny was harbouring some grudge against us. Mitty and I decided to visit him at his caravan. There he is. Benny! Benny? Benny. No, he's gone. Alcohol. Uh, Artie, Mitty, jeez, I, I didn't see you there. Benny, we want you back in the band. <laughs> Benny, what's your beef? 
I was the only one who cared for you when you were in prison. And you didn't thank me once. What are you talking about? I rang you every night and invited you to tea. That's true, actually. He'd ring me most nights and tell me that he'd cooked a massive pot of mung beans and that he'd eaten quite a lot, but he'd cooked too much of them. And would I like to come over and eat some of the mung beans that he'd cooked too much of? Artie never came around once. Artie was in jail. <laughs> Benny. It's like he never seemed to really get the concept of prison. Uh, he was always very insulted when I said that I couldn't come round. He, every time he rang, I tried to explain that I wasn't allowed to leave, but it always felt like I was telling him for the first time. I never understand why. Well, see, I think it probably stems from our upbringing. Really? Yeah, well, we were really poor and our father couldn't afford to take us to the circus. So what he'd do was sneak into our neighbour's crawl space and steal handfuls of pink bats and tell us that it was candy floss. I mean, none of us would touch the stuff except Benny. He just used to shovel it into his face by the fistful. That explains so much. Beans are a delicious legume, Artie, and you never appreciated that. Okay. Sorry. Look, we, we want to get the band back together. We can make money, Benny. I've never done it for the cash. Not interested. Go suck eggs, Artie. Benny! I've got something for you, Benny. It's a sack of blood and bone. Oh, yeah? Come round here with... with your sack? You think you're all that in a packet of seeds? It's a peace offering. Blood and bone? <laughs> You'll need much more than that to... <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome, Benny. Does that, does that mean we're okay? I'd like to think everything's okay, but I'm not the king of wishful thinking. You lied to me, Mitty. What? I've never lied to you, Benny. There's no need. You've got the memory of a goldfish. You tell me the Southern Cross had four stars. It has five, Mitty. Five. Oh, shit. I don't know. Maybe I was thinking about the New Zealand flag. Don't lie to me. Astronomy is very important to me. Being a market gardener, it tells me everything. When to plant, what to plant, how much booze I should drink, and with that booze, will I be able to drink and drive and not get caught? You know that. Mitty, come on, I've got a little fuckatoki for you, Mitty. Waiho ma te whakama e patu. Or, let the shame of the crime be your punishment. Lying is a crime, Mitty. Go away and think about it. I will never, ever be in the buck whips ever again. Ever. Okay, Benny, fine. We'll leave this sack of blood and bone with you. But I also have a little fuckatoki for you. Eti noa ana na te aroha. Though my present be small, my love goes with it. Touche. Touche. Benny was always a sucker for a little fuckatoki, or Māori proverb. We nearly had everything in place, but Gary was still in Afghanistan and we couldn't get the band back together until Gary quit the army. I didn't want to come back. I loved it in Afghanistan. I'd, I'd found my calling. Stationed in Kabul at, at the front line of the war on terror, 
fighting warlords and uh, broadcasting my thoughts over the army's intercom. Buckwhip radio, buckwhip radio, buckwhip weather. And the outlook is sandy for much of the Middle East. Whoa, 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 war is over. It's actually not. And that medley goes out to those brave boys in the caves of Tora Bora. He's in there somewhere, fellas. Keep looking. And keep listening to Buckwhip Radio, Buckwhip Radio, your girlfriend misses you. Ah. Morning, Buckwhip! Get off the f***ing cards! We're meant to be fighting a war! Ain't coming! Well, lucky for us, uh, Gary's radio show was proving pretty controversial. It's time for the surf report, and a wave of bullets will be heading our way today, so uh, get amongst it. Staff Sergeant Laurie Bly was in Afghanistan with Gary, and he has his own view of Gary's war effort. Oh, yeah, Gary Buckwhip. He spent most of his time clocking up the army's intercom with a stupid radio show. We well, I contacted the army and had a little discussion, pointed out a few facts to them, and eventually they announced that they'd decided to give Gary an honourable discharge and award him the first Victoria Cross for services to broadcasting. Hey, welcome back, Gary! Hey, Mitty! <laughs> hey, how was the war? Amazing! Yeah? What's that on your chest, Gary? What's what? That shiny thing. Oh, that? <laughs> no, it's nothing. It's just a VC. A what? A Victoria Cross. No, everyone gets them. Aren't they meant to be in the shape of a cross? Well, not all of them. Oh, wow, how did you get that, Gary? I was, uh, I was in Kabul, right? And, and the unit had been under heavy rain. Boys had been inside for three days. They were beginning to get tent fever, and I just got on the intercom, and I started busting some Westlife. Man, I was doing Shane's bits. I was coming over with Mark's bits up high. All the harmonies and everything. Real morale booster. Wow, Gary, that is <laughs> <Yeah>. so great. <laughs> The Lonesome Buckwhips They say things are never really the same when you get back from war, but I didn't realise just how much people can change. You mean the incident in your caravan studio with Barry Saunders and, and Artie? Exactly. OK, Artie, you, you ready? Yeah, all this go, Barry. happening up again. Sweet as, mate. I think I'm dying of the symptoms of love. No, 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 listen to me. Yeah. I think I'm dying of the symptoms of love, yeah. Got it. I think I'm dying of the symptoms of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, okay. One of the conditions of my parole was that I made my peace with Barry Saunders and the Waratahs. And Artie may have made his peace with Barry, but he hadn't reckoned on Gary returning quite so soon. Artie, why is Barry Saunders in my caravan studio? Nice to see you, Gary. Yeah, we need to have a chat. Yeah, okay. Uh, sorry, Barry, this is the guy I was telling you about. Yeah, could you have a look at something for me? Just oh, yeah, what? Oh, my God, Dick! Hey, oh, hey, hey, oh hey, hey, I'm tapping out, going. Gary! Hey, Gary, I'm tapping out! There were a lot of issues that we needed to resolve. Um, I was ready to negotiate. On one hand, Gary had betrayed me. On the other hand, by betraying me, he had helped create the biggest selling record of the 21st century. Benny Buckwood. We went to Fiji and I got my friend Commodore Banana Mara Mara 
uh, to help us resolve it, which we did. Uh, at a big press conference, as spokesman for the band, I announced that we were getting the band back together and that in the spirit of compromise we had ceased production on our bluegrass version of Symptoms of Love and in recognition of his status and because it was part of Artie's parole conditions we re-recorded the Benefit song with Barry Saunders. And you were the spokesman? Yeah, well I'd done a speech class once and Artie had just got the wire out of his jaw. From the... Yeah, yeah. With Gary. Oh, you got me, you play guitar In a range of pubs and bars That don't mean I got a job Nor does my flash car Oh, please don't, don't take my benefit from me No, please don't, don't take, take my benefit from me Yeah, I need that money Cause the word ties over yeah. It was a great session. Please don't take was back in the studio with Matt Barry. Don't take my benefit. Don't take my benefit from me. Well, uh, it was going okay. Uh, we had this take in the can, and then Barry started getting a bit twitchy don't about the backing vocals. He's a well, well, he's a bit like me in the studio. Don't take my what? From me. No. Perfectionist. Uh, Benny, Billy, it's the high harmony. Something's just slightly out, mate. I visited Barry Saunders in his studio in Greytown, just outside Wellington. Look, I just, I knew that something was wrong. So I went back through the studio tapes and discovered this on the multi-track. This is the chorus. That don't mean I got a job, nor does my flash car. Oh, please don't take my benefit from me. No, please don't take my benefit from me. Yeah? Now just watch. Mm -hmm. I'll drop out the instruments and then take these vocal faders down, right? Yeah. So we just hear Benny's harmony. Don't mean I got a job. Now listen to this. Barry's gay. Barry's gay. Barry's gay. Barry's gay. I'll loop it, okay? Alright, yeah, yeah. Barry's gay. Barry's gay. Barry's gay. Barry's gay. Barry's gay. Benny Buckley. Paying me out like a child. He thought I couldn't hear. Barry's gay. I've got ears like a bat. Yeah, Baz, a gay bat. To this day, Artie is always asking why. You know, we were at peace with our mortal enemy. We were recording a great song. Why did you start that fight? Blah, blah. All I can say is, Barry's gay. Mitty Buckwhip vividly recalls the fracas. Yeah, Barry had really worked on his fighting technique since last time. His grappling had improved. And his face pushing was far superior to Gary's bitch slapping. Artie kept completely out of it because of his uh, parole conditions and his jaw. Your jaw. Yeah. But I got in a good eye gouge. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. We were behaving like a family again. Even Barry started to get out on the phone. 
Yeah, yeah, I've known him for a while now. And every time we fight, we learn to respect each other a little bit more. Like the Israelis and the Palestinians. Now that we're all back on board, we decided that the quickest way to make money would be to go on tour. Phone lines were down and internet services throughout Europe were inaccessible for well over an hour today after New Zealand's lonesome Buckwhips announced a world tour. It'll be the first time the band have toured the world, a place where they've sold over 10 million albums. Oh, I love you, Benny! Gary, will you marry me? You marry me, Gary Buckwhips? The lonesome Buckwhips are the greatest band in history! I wouldn't even care if they snogged me, Mum! <laughs> or me, Dad! <laughs> you would, you would! <laughs> well, maybe not me, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Battlegrounds tour was my idea. Uh, we played infamous areas of conflict. Anzac Cove, Monte Cassino, Passchendaele, uh, Guadalcanal, uh, the Gaza Strip, and a beach concert in Normandy. We were trying to um, get people to associate those places not with war, but with amazing buckwhips music. And I think it worked. And the supporting act was um, the boy band I formed when I was fighting in Tora Bora. The acoustics in those caves were amazing and we were riffing some unbelievable harmonies. No doubt, no doubt, it was a great success. Oh, I have very fond memories of that tour, particularly the gig at Troy. Thank you. We're the loads of buckwhips. We've lived unhappy lives. Good night. Wait. I've got an announcement. Adi, I think I'm going to have a baby. Baby well, what? How do you know? Wow. I know, weird, eh? <laughs> there is actually a long buckwhip history of not knowing that you're pregnant. And uh, Osriel arrived just as Adi yelled, We've lived unhappy lives! <laughs> <laughs> ironic. Yeah, Fanny, um, our mum, she kept playing rugby league till she was eight months pregnant with Gary. She went down on tackle, came up, played what she thought was the ball, but it was Gary. Luckily the Bulldogs were a running side. Actually, I think Benny was born on the last tackle too. That's um, true. Apparently the halfback kicked him into touch. Oh, yeah. That. I'm no oil painting. Yeah, so little Osriel was born right there on the ramparts of Troy. Benny named him. He will be called Osriel, after Gargamel's cat on the Smurfs. Actually, Osriel was the inspiration that got us writing music again. Um, Child of Mine proved that we were so much more than just a one album band. 
It actually became our first number one single since sent to King of the Jews, didn't it? That's right. Um, and for me, the most important part was, you, well, you know how some spastic people stop twitching when they hold a baby? When I held my son, suddenly, for the first time in my life, I was able to sing. When we make love, it feels amazing. Now we're going to have a baby. to criticise Adi, but this was an amazing song. My favourite version is, uh, is live at Pearl Harbor with the Japanese Symphony Orchestra. We played on the tomb of the Arizona. The last gig of our Battlegrounds tour was Tiananmen Square a few months before the Olympics. The King of China approached us to write a, an anthem for the Games and that's how Midi came up with the Olympic song. I see a little gold shining deep within your soul Drain the hope of the world and put it in your heart Build up your resolve, your resolve to be resolute. It's impossible to win if you play fair. See a little dream buried deep within your dreams. You are dreaming the truth of claiming the Olympic dream. All those years of hard work and preparation have. Goodbye, don't come back unless you've won. Don't make the same mistakes as those who've gone before. However many drugs the others take, take more. Light a fire, cracker up your eyes. Pull your finger out and take your mind. Every single mother, cricket world cup, run into the flame. Bury all your idols in the pit of broken dreams.
much, but they will defeat you. So concentrate on sports they can't afford. Light a fire, cracker up your eyes. Burn the shame of our Olympic hearts. There's no medal for participation. Fight to the death of glory. That's a stunning song. Um, but it's true, isn't it, that it wasn't used by the game's organisers? <laughs> Such a waste. They refused to pay our deposit, so we had to cancel our performance at the opening ceremony. As usual with the Chinese, they thought that they could do the job better by hiring kids. The big losers were the New Zealand Olympic squad, who were denied the chance to hear it before the game started. Now I truly believe that that is what led to a savaging in the first week of the games. No medals, no glory, something you had to give, you know? Yeah, so I made Artie give this song to Radio New Zealand for free. It was played first on, uh, I think, the morning of the 16th yeah. of August by Kim Hill on her Saturday programme. Once again, we gave from the goodness of our hearts and for New Zealand. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we knew it was good, we knew it was good, but... <laughs> What we didn't know was just how good it was. Best Olympics ever is how New Zealand's efforts in the second week of the Beijing Olympics. In the last 24 hours, New Zealand has won more medals than at the previous two Olympics combined. Since the Lonesome Buckwhips Olympic anthem was played, the New Zealand Olympic team has gone on to unexpected. New Zealand's best performance of any Olympics so far is a testament to the power of music and song. To the Lonesome Buckwhips Olympic song, it seems the New Zealand Olympic team has found new energy and determination. The Chinese government says the president, Yai Zhu, has unexpectedly renounced communism following the success of the song. It's the Lonesome Buckwhips are a product of democracy. Then we, as a nation, must embrace democracy. It was a busy time for the band. They were all juggling pet projects and being part of the biggest band in the world. I came on as producer for the MIDI show. I wanted to create a point of difference from Oprah by, um, by adding a little bit of Hell's Kitchen. I, I, just, I thought the MIDI needed to get a bit more robust with her guests. Well, um, I'm feeling really emotional ever since my man left me. And the miscarriage and so on. Charmaine, you need to listen to me, you f You need to get your lazy, fat f ass off the sofa, stop worrying about being a mother to a child that doesn't f***ing exist, and be a mother to the child that you actually have. Yeah, she's a three-year-old girl. She needs your love and affection, you dumb ass Thank you. Now, everyone, look under your chairs. Go on. There, everyone gets a helicopter! Now, I need to go and take See you all after the break. And Murray will be right back after the break.
<laughs> Benny and I uh, began a, a follow-up to my soundscape musical Wapuda de Hua. Uh, it was a light opera based on cats called Fish. Oh, Fish, yeah. It um, centred around the life of a lonely wadihau called Mr Slippery Slidey and his friend Bernard the Gurnard. I've never met a flounder before. I'm just an ordinary fish. An ordinary magical fish. Who are you? I'm Mr Slippery Slidey, the railway fish. Slippery who? Slippery Slidey, Slippery Slidey. Another day at the office for Mr Slippery Slidey. Slippery Slidey, another Yeah, well, we were just about to open on Broadway when I got a call from Bob Geldof. Um, he was at his wit's end. He'd been trying to solve the problem of world hunger for 20 years. And he'd done f***ing all. Benny was distraught to hear about that, the food thing. Um, especially because he'd just had a bumper crop of mung beans that season. Yeah, that, that got to Benny. It was a real reality check. The food failure thing gave me some perspective. Uh, made me realise that there's a lot more to be concerned about in this life than falling asleep on the toilet. So we took a TV crew over to Africa to see what we could do. I've established a series of harvesting masterclasses with villagers in Sudan, showing the locals you can grow highly nutritious beans with nothing, nothing but sand and a few drops of beer. And... Gary volunteered to front the Buckwhips Foundation TV campaign using his status as peace hero with his Victoria Cross. And action! Hey, what's your name? Dirty Mum Pop. Weird. What do you do for a living? Go to school. That's pretty boring. Hey, Gary. Gary, could you try and engage with him? Say something. He's covered in flies. And he's trying to eat my chicken. Get your own. Gary didn't get it, mentally, but emotionally, he knew what he was doing. Uh, he, he had a big hand in writing the song that finally began to lift Africa out of poverty. He was the one that came up with the title. Africa, the price of hope. Actually, this is my favourite version. This is the live recording from the middle of Lake Taupo. In a little place called Africa, lives a boy named. His body is riddled with dysentery. It's the biggest gig of our lives. 80 million people watching around the world. Four musicians, an orchestra, and one song. Face. Trot on a mine happens all the time. 
Western world can make a difference if only we know the facts. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that we got carried away with the spirit of charity. Mitty pledged to match donation dollar for dollar. Within two days, we were broke. I hope those Africans are happy zooting around in their BMWs. I had to sell my medal. We could probably have got through it. it except Mary's chat show was taken off air after an unfortunate incident. Me Thank you, thank you, everybody. Now, I want you all to look under your seats. Go on! That's it. There's a free Sudanese child to take home. And tomorrow on the show, I'm going to be teaching you how to immunise it in the comfort of your home. That's Murray. Fish, uh, the musical, proved to be a bit of a white elephant. I guess in hindsight, 
the world probably wasn't ready for a show advocating bottom trawling and the use of drift nets to catch whales. Edmund Hillary went to the top of Everest, but the important thing was that he came back down the hill. Benny? It's like we're back where we started, living in the one-bedroom caravan and eating birds for dinner. And Gary? I think the thing I'll miss most is the women. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I'm a volunteer parking warden, so... <laughs> Mary. Now, honestly, if I could have my time again, I'd have picked three, six, and nine in the trifecta for race six at Addington, uh, and been a better mother to my baby. Yeah, okay. And you, Artie? Me? Well... You know what? Mm-hmm. I think the world was our oyster. But we couldn't stomach seafood. damp trailer in the hills of Corstaphine to the giddy heights of popular acclaim and back again. The lonesome buckwhip's journey has been less of a highway and more a game of snakes and ladders. But whether they're at the top of the charts or the bottom of a ditch, one thing remains clear. As long as there is pain, woe and inequality, there will always be, arguably, a place for the lonesome buckwhip. The world's a mean place when you stare at it through our eight eyes. You don't grow strong busking songs to buy cold meat pies. Oh, no, you don't. Our parents' faces in the dictionary under negligence. You should look it Our family's house, it weren't no home, it was a canvas tent. Our lives were awash on a drunken sea of bootleg gin We steered a course of deep remorse and suffering Daddy turned tricks to pay the bills while our mum cracked rocks Upon release she climbed a tree and she hanged herself We got two dead folks and that ain't no joke where the fuck we're 